When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Lulz, we have guest, friend of the show, Petty Theft, joining us. We do need to talk to the selection committee for Brian's DFS tout bracket. And who knows? Maybe we'll look to the stars and build a showdown lineup tonight. I, does he think? I it's think he thinks goat. this He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. Petty Theft, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It has been a little while. Unfortunately, this time I didn't win a million maker, but it's going to be back. Yeah, we're... You know, we kind of been loosening our standards a little bit on that one. I guess once you've won a millimaker, then you're kind of, you know, in the rotation, I think is how it works. I think that's fair. You can't get rid of me then. <laughs> the problem is, is now that we have 300 man trains, you know, winning the millies on a weekly basis that our pool of guests is really opening up. That was incredible. I was really hoping he would win. <laughs> I don't know how far he ended up. Was he second or third? Did, where did he finish? I think he finished, yeah, like third or fourth i know a couple teams ju- ended up jumping him at the and very he, end and he's a real person you said you met him or you heard you you talked to him no i thought i saw something on twitter where he was responding and then it ended up not being him i got i got confused <laughs> just awkward then <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um how, how has your season been going uh week one I had my worst day ever week two i had my worst roi ever uh week three i lowered again did bad again. Week four, I actually turned it all around and made it all back plus some. There you go. Yeah. Actually, uh, the only issue was that I lowered my volume every week because I get crushed. And unfortunately, I did one lineup in the four for four, the, the, no, the 4K this week because I've been getting my ass kicked. So I had to lower my volume. And my number two lineup would have won it. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm uh, ripped. So nor- normally you would have multiple in that. Yeah, I think I week one I maybe had nine or ten. Week two had like five, and last week I had like three or four, and then this 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 recent week I had one. You you said you do that too, Brian, right? Where you kind of scale up your volume based on what kind of streak you're on. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm not playing NFL at all this week. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's where I was headed. Yeah, I was like, I've had the exact same uh, uh, season as Petty, except the win it all back week. So, uh, but I totally do that. I think that's good because Pet Pet played cards too, and like it is, there is something to gambling, like for a long fucking time, and like you rely on it, and you just the guys who like survive um, and do it for a long time. I think that just kind of happens naturally, like something. I'm not saying the way we do it because I do it the same way, Pet obviously, but like they have some sort of mechanisms. They like kind of naturally learned through just gambling so much um that's kind of like an astrology bro take right like i'm not there's no science behind it like i just feel like like that just happens for a lot of guys i bet we're in the majority that would be my guess is guys who gamble a lot when they're running hot they kind of 
push it a little bit more. And when they're running uh, really cold, they dial it back. And like for me, then I like for poker, I used to like get all the hand histories and a bunch of key hands and then look and see what I did and study that way. And then DFS, I just like, you know, look at my process and go like, okay, what the hell is wrong here? Is there a line in the code or something that's not right? And then do I need to ditch this whole thing? Is the thing I did last time worse than than helpful, more, you know, or is it variance, whatever? So, do you, Patty, do you, when you scale down your play, is it because you think you might make suboptimal decisions because you're on some form of tilt or, or how much on the astrology versus process side is it? No, I mean, personally, I lowered my play a lot because. You know, I've been getting my butt kicked. Uh, my process, I didn't really believe in completely. NFL last season wasn't great for me. So I didn't really have that much confidence going into the year. Uh, the markets have been absolutely on fire, getting torched lately. So I just realized like, hey, maybe just slow down a bit, wait for the NBA season and things will be hopefully good again come NBA time because NFL is not really my sport. Uh, but I did a lot of work in my process in the last, you know, every, basically every single week I put to tons of time. And I found this week when I finally won, like I've been super bored because I feel like I figured out the secret sauce. I have nothing to do now waiting for Sunday again, but I'm sure come Sunday again, I'll get humbled. <laughs> That's how are it you, works. What are you, are you mainly a, a hand builder or are you MMEing? No, no, I, I, I never hand build. You guys are wild wow. for doing that. Uh, all MME. <laughs> I'm not a gotcha. coder like Brian. I'm not as smart as him, but uh, I, I, I do some interesting different things. Um. You know, there's also uh, like just because you were a winner last year doesn't mean you're a winner this year. Like that goes yeah. for like any gambling game. Um, the times change, games get harder. That's one another reason why you should kind of like consider scaling back if you're losing. Um, and uh, that they, I don't know if you guys saw that chess.com story today. They, I yeah. guess, they think that guy actually was cheating and cheated hundreds of times. And like, I, I'm joking about DFS cheating. Kind of like, like you never fucking know. And so like, you should always protect yourself. I know DFS GPPs is a different, you know, a different thing than like playing poker with a table of guys or heads up or something like that. It's easier to get cheated there, but like, you never know. So like scaling back or walking away from a game, uh, you know, it might be, it might be the right move sometimes. So I think that instinct's solid. The, uh, I did want to ask you about this. I remember, and I know I had, when we were DMing too, you had splashed around in Rainmakers, got out. Like, just explain what your uh, interaction was with with Rainmakers, how that played out, at least at the start of the season. How long do we have? I could go. Well, on we got about an hour. Can I can I say something honestly? Please. Yeah. Can you just give me five sec, like like the the ten second description of what Rainmakers actually is? Oh man, ten seconds. <laughs> okay, DFS. You start nine guys for, in real life, and you get fantasy points, and add them up. Like, okay, what's Rainmakers? So, disclaimer: I've been out of Rainmakers since about a week before the season started, but I was really into it, like the month leading up to it. Uh, Ten second, uh, what what it's about? Uh, it's you get five card. You get you have to make a five card team, um, and you you play each week, but you can only use your your single card in one event, and there's like eight to 10 events per tier and there's five tiers. So I feel like I just made it way more confusing than it was initially. <laughs> it's really hard to NFTs, understand. NFTs, Brian. They're yes, NFTs. But, but they're not NFTs. It depends, it depends what Kalish, which crowd he's talking to. If he's talking to an <laughs> NFT crowd, it's an NFT. If he's not talking to an NFT crowd, it's not an NFT. Don't think about it that way. 
Uh, he definitely, <laughs> my issue with the whole, the biggest issue I had was like the roadmap. You guys have done NFTs before. Like the roadmaps, they're flexible. They change a lot, but like this is draftings. Like they clearly did things on the fly and it's really hard to predict. Like it's hard, it's hard enough to predict how NFL season is going to go. And on top of that, when you're trying to predict which prize pools get the most, which by tier and, and all that, and when they're going to release the cars, it was really difficult to do. It, nearly impossible to do to do well. So it just took a lot of time. And I was tired of getting misled on, on where the, the money was going to go. And I just got out. And what was the, when you went in on it hard, was it like you kind of projecting, hey, it looks like there might be a lot of overlay in these contests? Or I assume you thought there was a really nice financial opportunity early on. Oh, 100%. Um, when I looked at it, I thought that the high stakes wouldn't have that many people in it. You know, I looked at the names in it. There wasn't like the big DFS guys weren't into it. And it was confusing. And I felt like getting it. I thought it was pretty early. I wasn't super early. I was pretty early into it. So I thought I got in a good time. And, you know, I'm not really that big of an empty guy. I understand him. But I always know I'm always late because I don't understand any of these things. Like Rainmakers, I kind of understood. It was backed by DraftKings. Those two things got me interested into it. Um, but... Like the, one of the big things that Kalish did is he promised like the two bottom tiers would be more about building your cards up for the, the, the top three tiers. But then he ended up giving like 40% or 35% of the prize pool money to those two tiers and the high stakes tiers got destroyed on, on their, their equity. So, you know, people, they did auctions for these high stakes cards and people were you know speculating based on what Kalish was saying and previous things like, Hey, we get maybe, you know, 25, 20, 25% of the money to the Rainmaker tier at least. And the Rainmaker tier got like the second least amount of money, despite being like the top tier of the Rainmakers overall. I mean, it's really called the Rainmaker tier. So uh, pe people got crushed early on. A lot of the, not the initial guys, but the second batch of guys like myself, uh, I, had, I had a puke card, I think I bought for 10K for like 7K a week after I bought it because I realized like I made a big mistake. And then you had to pay 10% per transaction which now that money goes back to the prize pool. It's, it's, it's rough, but the people in it right now, I think are actually doing okay because there's so little interest that there's a lot of overlay. My understanding is a lot of overlay right now, but it just takes so much time to, to do it week by week. And you have to hand build all these lineups with your individual card. that you can put in only one single contest. It's rough. It's really rough. What well, sounds like your nightmare, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't do it. Is that, is it single entries? So, or is it GPP? Or is it G, they're, they're GPPs. You can, you can, you can um, mass enter into each GPP, into certain G, most GPPs, but you can only use your car. So, like, hey, your Cooper Cup Rainmaker car, the most, in my opinion, the best car in the game, you can only use it for one single event. You can't use it for anything else that week. So, that devalues the, the good cards. Can you use it 150 times in that event? No. Just once on one team? One single team. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, but hmm. I, I don't know. I, I again, there's a reason why I'm out. And and before this week, I was like, man, what an idiot I am. I could have grinded out my like 20% profit in that and been, you know, hated my life, but I wouldn't make money. But now that I've made money in NFL DFS, I'm back profitable. I'm, I'm super happy I'm out again. It is, and it goes back to that thing too of. Uh, this idea of with NFTs collectible versus utility. And right now I, I haven't heard one person saying, you know, uh, I'm so excited to hold this card as a collectible. You're excited about it because of the prize pools and the, in the quote unquote, that's the utility of this NFT. And then to your point, 
We've seen it with Top Shot. I mean, moving the goalposts on utility and leaderboards and how you do that. Like that's a moving target. So if you have no collectible value and then you're trying to guess a roadmap that's ever changing, like that's a recipe for frustration. It was so hard. And I put so much time into it. And, and because I kind of actually, it helped me at NFL defense a little bit. I, usually week one, I kind of go blind, not knowing who's on what team and what's going to happen. So I, I did so much research going in, which clearly did not help going in. Well, week one was horrible and whatnot. I just got too much confidence. But um, it, it it was really difficult. And, you know, I, I made a bunch of, I guess, anti-Rainmakers posts. And I thought I was pretty fair about it. And I got definitely a lot of people mad at my Kalish and whatnot. And he like, refused to talk to me about, about anything. You know, I was trying to help the product. Um, but I, I'm happy to be out. I really am. Because especially come NBA season, I don't have the time to be setting single card lineups and trading my cards in the marketplace. It's just, it's, it's, it's really, it really kind of a, a try hard game. It really is. There was two, two things I was thinking. One was to make it less try hard. So like just optimize for me. DraftKings, yeah. just try, you know what I mean? Like even if it's shitty optimization, just so I can just do it and then go back to my DFS stuff or life or whatever. And then the second one was kind of what Pete was alluding to is like, that's kind of the whole thing with these cards. It was just cool as they might increase in value 10 years from now or something like baseball cards. And so like I tweeted, I tweeted out an idea, you know, like not the greatest, but like what if you got the player's season from that year? So like a random, you'll get a random week from that season. So like if he had 20 points in week one and seven in week two, you know, and he was out in week three, you know, it rolls the, the, the weeks and you get one of those weeks. And then, so you play like a classic, a classic format. And so like every card you have, you buy this year, well, eventually you could still use them in these classic formats. And so like the cool, the better ones you have, and they'll obviously increase in value because the better this guy had the season, the better the card value. So like, there'll be a direct correlation. Like that might be a horrible idea, but something that like keeps the value of these cards for a reason to have it buy it in this new year. Like, okay, maybe this will be worth hundred grand 10 years from now or something. Well, the, the funny thing is they, sorry, Pete, they're like advertising, like, Hey, the cards of the future, there's gonna be price pools still going next year for the old cards. But like, it already sucks making lineups, for like this year's stuff with the price will being as large as it is. Can you imagine making it for next year for like 5% of the money? It's not worth the time for, for especially the high stakes guys. And, and one more thing about the high stakes tier, which ended up being a, a bizarre thing that threw me off. The high stakes tier got even worse because uh, all of a sudden some of these NFT bros came in and they were buying cards for absurd values. So like it was definitely a seller's market. But like, again, if, if these cards are going for like insane costs, those the, the money's not going back in the price pool so like you're it, essentially turning to a pay to win at the highest tier which has no money in it so and these these guys who came in late these nft guys who have no clue what they're doing it, they, they made the tiers they made it even more difficult because all of a sudden you can't buy high high high-end cards without paying way too much given the price pools it, it's just i'm glad i got out i'm just going to keep it at that it's also just t- even even if you forget some of those like micro things that you're talking about that make it hard. I mean, even just trying to pull market share of attention away from gamblers and DFS players, like you really have to middle like the strategic element with the time necessary investing in it. And like you said, I mean, cause I've heard like from some of the guys who are deep into it, you know, you hear about Bales and Smiz and these guys, like they're devoting significant time to it. Like I'm overwhelmed as a non-professional DFS player on Sundays, trying to get all my lineups and stuff situated. I don't even know how you how much time you'd need to carve out to to be really good at this 
can, can you imagine you get like some late scratch 30 minutes left and you got to change your top lineup and then you're like oh you, you move a guy from your second line to your top line but like, wait what my second line and you're just doing like a domino effect on every single one of your lineup it just sounds like complete hell and i i honestly i don't know how these guys do it uh there's I, no excel there's no excel download. as far as i know i i, I don't think so i don't think this so is- and I know some people like I, I played so the owners club and I have no clue why their their game isn't ready this year. But they had it was similar to what Rainmakers tried to do, but it was position team wise as opposed to player specific. And I know for some people they like the player specific thing, but it alleviated that concern because mm. it's like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's hurt. You don't if you still like the rushing matchup, you're getting all of the Colts running back points. Yes. And like that made it way less stressful for me too. Cause it's, you're like, Oh, it doesn't matter running back. Like they're still going to have a good matchup here. And then you didn't have to do all of that rearranging. No, I completely agree. That'd make it way simpler and more like friendly. And that's what it's like. Advertises the game. It's like friendly. It's not like DFS where it's a lot of sharks. It's a lot of, you know, not as smart guys and it's easier in your time, but it's definitely not. And I think if Kalish had another three months to think about what he's going to do, cause it, again, he did a lot of things on the fly. I mean, this has never been done before, so it's not easy for him either. But if he had another three months, I think he would do a lot better. But it was so rushed. They should have had a, a like a trial year to see how it would have gone first. But obviously, the money is what got everybody in. Without the money, maybe nobody cares. And this is definitely his baby. You know, it intersects the DFS with the trading cards, which is something he's huge into with NFTs. It, he really wants us and needs us to be successful. But I just don't think it's it's done well. Um, Anthony says, does Petty Steph still love Wendy's potatoes? A lot of, uh, nostalgia here for your Twitch show. Uh, I haven't had one since that, uh, that Minnesota bachelor party. And then <laughs> judging by my, my, uh, day after that and, and, you know, coming out, maybe not again. Well, was, Anthony wants you to bring back the, uh, the Twitch show. Didn't you, did you do one right after the Rainmakers thing initially a couple months ago? Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, cause I feel like it's hard to get my thoughts out on Twitter with a, with a 240 character post. Yeah. You know, it's more of a long-winded, you know, explanation summary of, of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should be sharing alpha like that uh, personally, but no, I'm just giving our last guest a little shit there. You know, that was going to happen. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Because that reading the comments, it was the, mo- oh, go ahead, Brian. Okay, well, okay. One thing before we switch topics, yeah. I, I do, I do like, I don't want to defend DraftKings too much, but really uh, like it's a brand new product, uh, you know, product doing things is like, this is hard, right? Running yes. a business is hard. Like they, I still think it's kind of a cool idea, even though I didn't do it at all. And I, I'm sure they could do some improvements and maybe make this work. And if they would have somehow known and started this last year, that it probably would have been enormous. Yeah. Right, if they could have got it going last year, so just I just wanted to say that, like, it sounds like there's a, like a lot of shitting, but it's the first year of the something. You know what I mean? If you were trying to play DFS in its first year on the first site, it would have probably been a pain in the fucking ass. Uh, and, but yeah, so well, and I just to piggyback on that too, it is it's a, the double edged sword, right? Because and we've seen it with Top Shot, they they rush this stuff out because they know there's market interest. But when so much of it is dependent on thoughtful execution, you can really get yourself in trouble where they might say like, hey, we should probably wait a year to get this project nailed right. But who knows what the NFT market is going? They already launched it into a bear market. So I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, what what did you think about last week? I was just going to say like the comments on the video were so hilarious because they'd be like, (laughs) this guy's full of shit. This guy makes so much sense. I'd never seen something so polarizing. I, when I was watching, it was definitely a lot more negative than positive. And 
obviously he's a very smart guy. And and I've realized like anytime I talk to somebody at these live events or whatever, everybody has like degrees on degrees on math and like they're way smarter than I am, like especially on paper. Uh, but without, I kind of like Brian was saying earlier, when you're gambling for a long time, you see guys like him. I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, but guys like him come and go really quickly. You know, um, you know they, they have a big hit. They're on top of the world. And then the downswing hits. And you just never hear from a guy like that again. And I hope that he, you know, stays successful and he does well. But guys like him, are, are they honestly, they come and go. They, they really do. And it just seems like he, a lot of the things he said, like he, you guys, you guys called him out and some of the things he said, and he couldn't defend himself that well. Like he was surprised you guys guys were, were had like a counterpoint to a lot of things he said, especially Brian. What do you mean? What, uh, just out of curiosity, what kind of archetype do you mean by guys like him? Like what is the characteristics? Like smart finance guys or smart mathematical guys. Like if you, if you talk to like a lot of the top, top pros, like I feel like a lot of them have degrees in, in mathematics or, or whistles game theory. Like a lot of these guys are very, very smart guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they're built for this on paper. And, and then what is the, what is the downside of that kind of profile as a player that doesn't have the staying power? I wouldn't say down, I wouldn't say it's downside, but like, again, kind of like i guess like some like myself like again i've been gambling for for a long time but like even after last week's win i feel like i'm a completely different player even though i have a one small week sample size on nfl like my confidence is insanely higher than it was two weeks ago even a guy like him he just came off winning the with the pga championship like he probably thinks he's one of the best players in dfs now just based on that but the hardest thing is when you get in that downswing, you start doubting yourself on, on do I actually know what I'm doing anymore? And you start changing things around from, from what you're, you, you, you did well at. That's what I think kind of defines you whether you can stay around or not. And we'll see if he has that. And I would say it, that actually um, is logically consistent with his worry that his edge was being given away by other top players, right? If you're worried about that element, it's like, that would check out that, Hey, I'm, I'm worried about my hot streak or what I'm doing, you know, being nullified here soon. Yeah. So go ahead, Brian. Yeah. I, I just, uh, he, he has been DMing me pre- like uh, after the show and stuff. And he seems like a really nice guy and who knows how, I mean, it, the, the, what Pat's saying too, is just, it, it's just, a, it's just a fucking fact that guys come and go. It happens a lot. So like, it's not necessarily directed at at him. Um, he seems like he's young and, and sharp. And I, and I do want to say too, like I guarantee when uh, uh, I don't want to spoil the guest next week, but I guess I'm gonna Ricky D when he comes on. I guarantee he talks about um, like this this uh, this like concept of um, of uh, this like t- this type of player. I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there because I want to read his DMs. I'll get back to that in a second. He did so. He said. I think I should have described it this way. And another thing too is like Pet's got, you know, Pet's got a, done a, a lot of media, you know, with Twitch and stuff. And obviously Pete does an endless amount and I've done a decent amount now too. It is kind of nerve wracking to be in front of, you know, you know, your thousands of people are going to watch the show and yes. you're going to be talked about on other shows, which is what happened. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. And uh, so he said, another way I could have described it is there's three parts to a DFS process inputs magic happens and then you have outputs just don't talk about <laughs> don't talk about what gets you from your inputs to your outputs essentially the magic magic happening part um and so like i don't know i think uh i think that's fair enough okay now i remember what the ricky d thing was 
is that that kind of uh, uh, le- le- like let's say uh, I mean he doesn't. I think Ricky too originally didn't want people to talk about it, and he'll probably say that again. Like, why are you guys saying this? Uh, this 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 like you're helping, you're hurting your competition. But like all the arguments we had last week, I still would like to hear you know a coherent um, defense against. Like it's it's probably going to happen anyways. Like you can't like control what other people are going to do. Everyone has a different reason for doing these things that you can't like really internalize yourself. Um, You know things like that. So, um, I but but like I, he's like that that. Okay, and this is the other thing, Ricky. He said in the first time he did on this show was, like, we got to stop thinking everything in life is this plus or minus EV opportunity, because this happens when you gamble for a living, especially with Poker Bros back in the day. Like you, and like you start going to like whatever. Um, uh, you start going to. Uh, did we lose Pete? No, he's here. We, we we you start going to like the grocery store, and you're like, should I get these oranges? I think we're still alive. <laughs> but even though we I lost saw him blink. Yeah, I think we're probably still it was still uh, alive. Yeah, I saw him blink. I think he's okay. Yeah. I just had to refresh there. You were okay. going like darker. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. No, one of my other cams got. Sorry, keep going. That's okay. You, but anyways, the point is what he was trying to say is Ricky D is like like you you start to make everything in your life these plus and minus EV division uh, decisions, even mundane things. Yeah. And like it can like rot your brain is what he was trying to say. And like, you know, go outside. What was this thing? Like go outside. And so I feel like that's what he would say to, to Ben, our, our, our young friend. And, you know, Ben is young and uh, just out of college too. So like, I do like, I like the um, like capitalist mindset, obviously like the kid's clearly not a commie. Right. So like, <laughs> I respect that angle and I get where he's coming from with this kind of EV idea. Like, trust me, I was there when I was, you know, 26, 27, uh, like you start thinking of everything in this plus or minus EV stuff. And it's a little weird, frankly, but like, I mean, not he's weird, but the idea is weird. Good. <laughs> uh, no, and I, I do want to reiterate the point you made about when you're making your first media appearance. It is, it is so easy for people from the comment section. It's why people are keyboard warriors. And then you get them on the phone or you get them on camera and they tense up. It is legit nerve wracking. And it also kind of dovetails. I haven't been looking at the Zapruder footage of this Robbie girl and if she had some device or whatever. But when I watched her response, I said, this is a person who has not been on camera a lot who was in a dynamic where not only was she intimidated, but she felt she had to defend herself and she started tossing up a word salad because she wanted to seem smart. And to me, I was like, this is a product of someone who is getting nervous with the bright lights. And so too, with like, when I had, uh, when we had him on last week, Ben, like to me, it was like, I was trying to sift through like, underneath his nervousness and how he packaged it, finding what was his true intent. Cause that was what was interesting to me. Like, I'm like a guy being nervous on the show, like, that's to be expected if you haven't done content. So I do think people should give him some slack on maybe his arguments weren't delivered as coherently as they could have been, but that's not because he hasn't thought them out well. It's because he hasn't done a lot of TV. Uh, that, you know, it, it, guys, you both saying stuff kind of reminds me more of the show, what happened. You know, my, my memory wasn't as clear as it is now, but I remember he was like the, the YouTube, you said like he was going to come out and like fire shots or something or say some stuff about the community. But then when you try to try to not, maybe not press him is not the right word, but talking about it, like he would kind of backtrack and like, he wasn't, it wasn't, I think what was expected, especially, you know, based on what the, the YouTube comment or the, the summary or what the stream, previous stream was supposed to be. And every time he tries to like, Oh, who are you talking about? He'd be very like, coy and not exact say what he was trying to say. It's like, 
you came on the show for a reason. Like, well, what are you here for? If you're just going to, you know, kind of half-ass what you're going to say, either say it or, or, or don't go on the stream. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did pull back. Yeah. He, he, he I think he wanted to like mention some specific tweets and then changed his mind, which is, you know, like I maybe you know, who wants that smoke? He did DM me and say, I think nerdy tender should be put to death. So he didn't say but like I really do I really think it's that EV mindset. I think he's just got that young gambler guy, maybe even finance guys have it too, who knows, where you just start looking at life and everything's just plus or minus EV decision. And he's just like, What are you guys doing? (laughs) You know, I'm going to the store and thinking the plus minus EV decisions on oranges, and you guys are not even you don't even care, you know, something like that. I think that's what it is. And that's a perfectly fair thing, especially when you're young to think that way. But like, I think we'd all be foolish to think that we got to where we are in the gambling world by just doing everything on our own. If nobody was sharing ideas and everybody kept things to themselves, I, I know I wouldn't be where I was. I got ideas from other people and put it to my own process. And without them, like I would be nowhere near where I am. So it's naive to think that, especially him, like obviously he found your guys' show. Like he listens to you guys. If he found one thing from your show, it's, it's you know, it's, it's foolish him to, to think that he does everything on his own. And I think I mentioned this analogy last week too, but, you know, using the poker world as an example and it getting solved and all these GTO crushers and all this, like the reason people are so enthused about controversies, so enthused about the poker vlogs blowing up is because you're building out the ecosystem and bringing in new people who fall in love with the game and want to play. And then that funnels all the way up to the top. Like the same thing with DFS, like people sharing that information or even nuggets, it makes them intellectually curious as players. And they want to go subscribe to more DFS sites. They want to learn more. They want to play in more contests. They want to try different types of contests. Like to me, that is all uh, undeniably a net good for the DFS ecosystem. 100%. 100%. You know, if it's the same guys winning now that are winning in 2014, DFS wouldn't be a thing anymore. But it's it's exciting having new guys come up and, and people, you know, see that, you know, Whistles Galoo came out of nowhere a couple of years ago and maybe they can be like him. If there's no one like him, no, these people wouldn't want to play. So, like, if we try to put, like, the strongest argument for him, I would say it's something like, there's a difference between alpha DFS alpha in 2017 than there is DFS alpha in 2022, 2023. Like the, the alpha now could end the edge. Like if they scale it right and it's done properly. So like that's a little bit of a stretch maybe, but um, you know, it's a lot different than going, Hey, you should stack. Hey, you should stack. Hey, you probably shouldn't dupe, you know? And like people still argue over that, you know? So like, it's different than just like, uh, I think this is kind of like if you wanted to like give frame his argument as strong as possible. Hey guys, you, you might just end it all. Cause this, this, like you could just too many people could be doing this, this excellent strategy or a business might start up and then there's just no more DFS or no more DFS worth playing. It's just like the lottery, you know? Uh, I guess I'm on the other side then is like, if everybody's doing the same strategy, there has to be a counter strategy. Like for, for me, for me, example, I don't play that sim style that I know was the he was talking about the nerdy tenor sim style. I don't understand it really well, so I, I, that's why I don't do it. But if everybody starts doing that style, then like my style, which is which is unique, should be even better if everybody's playing the same exact way. And that would be beneficial to me if everybody did that personally. I just don't think there's that much great alpha in 2022. You know, obviously 2017, there's the ideas weren't as strong. In 2022, I don't think there's that many people like where if they shared like what they do. I don't think there's that many unique strategies, I should say. 
Whereas right. like, I'd be like, it'd be bad for the community. Like if they, if this, if like, you know, for example, like Papa Gates, if him and Chipotle shared what they do, because they've been great NFL players for year after year after year, if they share what they do, yeah, maybe the NFL streets would get bad. But I don't think there's too many of that out there. Yeah, and there is kind of the nature too. I, I was thinking of, you know, you hear about these guys that exploit like the credit card mileage game. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's like legit loopholes where like Target messes something up in your fine print and you're just like printing $100 gift cards, whatever. Target finds it and they close it off. What Ben was almost describing was like there was something like that where it's like we're just printing money and it gets yeah. closed off. Where mm-hmm. I agree more with you where what's kind of fun about all of this, if you aren't necessarily relying on it, or you're living like from my perspective the puzzle piece nature the metas changing the game strategy changing in real time is like what's fun for me and in that oh everyone's now doing this oh now we need to swing back like we're going to see this in season-long fantasy sports like zero rb is going to be a dominant strategy next year to the point everyone's going to do it and now i'm already starting to think like it might not be the way i attack my drafts next year and i'm like that's going to be fun to figure that out so it is like how much of a printing press is this advantage versus needing to think creatively about the next exploit as an exploitative player. Yeah, I mean, just look at kind of going back to how many guys were relevant in 2015 that were doing pretty well then are still relevant now. Nice. There's not not many. Um, and those people are probably the ones that have like a secret that they haven't shared that nobody else really understands. And, and those are the only guys that really have like the secrets that I think would be problematic but then again once those secrets are shared and you know a year later you know they, they won't be as as exciting anymore maybe the edge will be gone on that specific thing but then again something else will arise i would say theoretic there's like a difference between actual like what what's like actually likely to occur and theoretically i do think theoretically though there could be this gto solution kind of just like enough players where the rake's so high that you can't really beat it no matter what you do and whatever petty theft does that no one knows you somehow could theoretically put that also in this this structure that awesome stochastic releases like in theory i think it's definitely possible that dfs will be unbeatable um is it likely probably not anytime soon but um I think it could definitely still happen, you know, whatever, 5%, 10% chance, maybe more. But, but that goes that goes back to like what, what the initial point was like without these shows getting new people in the game or even like Rainmakers, I saw a lot of people I'd never seen from Rainmakers. Like you look at the badges in those contests, like there's a lot of contests with like guys with no badges. Like these guys came from somewhere without the, the new players, one not sure. The game will, will eventually come unbeatable, but that's why I think the importance of shows like this and whatnot, they get new players into the DFS. Like without them, the game will die eventually. Yeah. Well, it, the other thing too, and I mean, outside of the small percentage of people that are DFS pros, this goes back to the the EV thing too, right? Like if you were purely hunting EV, you should be playing more on Yahoo. You should be playing mm-hmm. more on FanDuel, on these sites. You should, in the same way, when the sports books are offering bonuses, you should be channeling those. Like, but that's not for everything. Most of the content is centered around DraftKings. It's where the chatter is. It's where it's most fun to kind of gather around and talk about the slate. And so at least as I understand it, assuming you're not playing for a living, which I know you guys do, but for the majority of the people, like that entertainment value they're getting from that is a trade-off they're making from an EV perspective. And so that's why I think it's really interesting. Like people are like, oh, DFS is getting solved. But if you're trying to make money in DFS, like you're misguided. Go make money in some other fringe market that isn't oversaturated. We're doing this for the most part because it's fucking fun. Yeah, and that's the important thing. I guess it's funny that you say that because I look at things way too often like EV 100 percent 
And then I'll talk to like average Joe. They'll ask him like, hey, should I play this for money? I'm like, absolutely not. But it's a great, <laughs> it's a great sort of entertainment time. Like you're going to to a baseball game and spending a hundred bucks. Oh, you can you can sit at home and make you know five dollar lineup twenty days in a row, and maybe you'll make some money back, maybe you won't, but you'll get a sweat out of it. That's that's a good point, right? About the EV mindset is like there's other things in life. I mean, we've been, and also by the way, I was kind of trying to steal a man, our friend Ben. So I don't really, I, I think I'm on the side of like I want more content, right? Like I want good content, more content. Every, you know, everyone who watches the show knows that's what me and Pete say. Like more entertaining content. Like it doesn't even have to be this EV sim stuff. That's just kind of what's in right now. Uh, I wonder what show started that trend. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so like, but he, he seems like a nice, he seems like a real nice guy. And I, I, I don't think he was like, which is, I think the reason he didn't call people out because he didn't, he wasn't, he's like, wasn't trying to come at it that way. Well, and he realized if I did call people out, it would seem like I'm making this big stand against specific people. And I'm really just trying to like, you know, Hey guys, maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't give away the farm here. Whether or not you, you know, that's right or not. Sorry, Pete, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and to kind of sympathize with his perspective, like you think about it, you talk about, um, say like chess players who are trying to get to like grandmaster, like the leap to being the best of the best, or say a mileage guy who runs a 445 mile trying to get down to 440, like going from really good to great requires so, so much work. And he's at what I'm, maybe you guys would disagree. It sounds like to me, he's at like a really good thing and he's trying to get to great to be able to do this full time and have it. And so when the the edges are micro thin at that top of the uh the scale, like you worry about every single thing. It's easier for me down here who's far away from from that to be like, "Ah, it doesn't matter." And so I I get from his perspective where the margins seem so thin for him to be a professional DFS player. Yeah, I mean, it's his fault for being young. He was a little, <laughs> a little older, he'd be fine, but the yeah. jokes on him. He's also yeah. he's also a handsome young guy. I noticed some people were a little jelly of him in the comments too. So maybe that's part of it. That is, he did have he fell into the category of like you're wearing a cool floral polo, you got great hair, you yeah. won the million dollars, and now you're complaining about your I, micro edges. Yeah, you're okay. not going to earn a, a lot of sympathy. Right, exactly. He already checks all the boxes. He can't win all the money too. Uh, I did see we are going to get to the the tout wars uh, bracket here in a sec, but people were asking about the poker thing. That's obviously yeah. dominated content i've actually missed i was like deep in and consuming content on it early on i've missed this entire second wave of like was there a device in robbie's pants where where are you guys at on this this whole scandal either from like a macro or specific uh perspective you go you go you go i've actually watched a, i've watched a lot of it okay. um yeah. i used to be really good friends with joe ingram playing the poker days i, I we he used to come to my house we hang out here and there um, so I enjoy watching his show a lot, maybe not 10 hours long. He's always been kind of a sicko, but, um, it's crazy how many turns there have been, you know, I, initially I thought she was guilty for sure, just because of how ridiculous the hand was like, in, in no way did the hand make sense. And again, I haven't played much live poker, but she's, she's a very smart person. You know, when you, when you read about, she was like, a, a I think decently up in like a pharmaceutical company or something like she's not an idiot by any means. Uh, I think people see like see her and like see she's maybe she's like some you know pretty girl that's not smart. I don't think that's the case at all, which makes me lean cheat even more. But it, this thing has taken so many turns where like I've definitely gone back to unsure 
Um, and like the whole pants thing now with the rumbling and the, the shaking of the legs and whatnot, it, I honestly don't know what to think anymore. And if you're not watching like eight hours a day of the show, like you miss, <laughs> you, if you miss one day, you're, you're behind. Like, and I missed yesterday and I, I just, I don't even know where we're at now. I too did. I think it was, it was when, I think it was Ingram's first like 12 hour marathon one. And I woke up in the morning and he was streaming, you know, still from Vegas and he looked, he was barely coherent. So I, but you're telling me this is can't miss TV. It's great. And the thing about him is like, he's really respected, but he's a great instigator too. Like he okay. loves stirring the pot and I, I'm a huge fan of the drama. It, it's, it's wonderful. What's your take, Brad? I haven't watched that much, but I did. I did. I you. I mean, I had to. It's so hard not to at least check it out. My 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 gut instinct was like right off the bat, first like twenty minutes or whatever after watching the hand and stuff was was dunk. That was my gut instinct. And by the way, just to, I totally agree with Pat. Like, just because like you know someone's not good at poker doesn't mean they're they're fucking dumb. Like, come on. Like, how many times do we have to not tap the tank here? Um, so like was, and then, and then all the, you know, the, the chair shaking evidence came in and then like, um, the thing on her hip, <laughs> Davis made fun of us. I don't even want to talk about it, but Davis tweeted, made fun of us that we're going to talk about this, but like, I couldn't tell if that was anything or, um, a shirt or her body or what, um, the the shaking of the chair did seem fucking weird, but you know weird things happen, I guess, when people are fidgeting. Um, I I mean I I was leaning like sixty forty that she's not cheating. It I was the you know too just in general like you think about how primed the poker community was for this like the perfect storm of a bizarre hand you could plug it a million ways no one would ever make that call coupled with. The last big scandal was a Mike Postle with a device. It's already planted yeah. inside of our head. Yeah. Like if you remove the Mike Postle thing and then this just happens, there's no way we're even remotely at this point. No. Not it's, even it, close. It, we weren't even thinking about it. We, nobody knows no. about it. It's in, yeah. it's in our heads. You're 100% right. But man, it's so bizarre. Her timing tells her. Her timing is so bizarre with all these things. Like it, there, I, I'm not like, again, I'm, I'm, I'm deep into it, but like, I'm not gonna say like I really fully understand because it's like 12 hour shows every day. I'm not watching 12 hours of poker content. I'm not that bored. But in like in, there's like there's like side things too where like the guy rip across from her is like mouthing things to her like in, in the middle of random hands and like like Doug Pope came out with a thing where like maybe that's his girlfriend, but then she's married to somebody. It's like the whole entire thing is so so crazy. There's so many different angles. Yeah, and I. Man, it you know Eric Vetchig like you know Doug Polk and Joey Ingram. In their defense, they talk about how there's not characters in poker anymore, and like what poker now has from a content perspective is scandals. Like no one's even like, isn't there a high roller going on? Like no one yeah. even gives a shit about it. Yeah. Like so, these guys who made their hay on poker content, like this is their Super Bowl. They get one a year, and they have to strike while the iron's hot. I'd be I'd be streaming twelve hours a day too if I was a poker guy and had nothing else to talk about. This um, th there's also this kind of I don't know I don't know if I say if it's is a fallacy, of, but just trying to use like rational logic for cheaters. Because you could go like, okay, let's say you're cheating. Let's just say she, you're, you're the person, you would be doing this cheat, this cheating mechanism, whatever the hell she, she's accused of doing. Why would you even call with that hand? A, she wasn't even a favorite, right? Like she's yeah. still a dog. Um, and you're like totally going to give yourself away. Same shit with Postal. 
some of the things he was doing were like, why not just give away a couple of these hands so you don't look so fucking obvious? Yeah. Right. Well, and so, like, I don't know if it's a fallacy. Maybe they're just so greedy that these cheaters will always get caught. Uh, clearly, they won't always get caught, though. Like, I'm sure there's some that are just never gotten caught. But it's just interesting to think about, like, why would you do that? It, and that goes back to the we were just saying the whole reason everyone is primed for this was because of the apostle. Like, don't you think? I don't want to run the same scheme here twice, knowing that everyone is so on heightened alert. And then if you were running that scheme, wouldn't you pick a less obvious spot than one of the worst calls of all time? I, 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 can, I can go that way though. And that's the beauty of this. Like to cheat in that kind of spot, you had to, I think you had such a big ego. Like to think you can get away with that. And for her, like she picked, maybe she'd pick a spot, but like to call a Jack high against arguably the best, especially televised cash game player uh, currently right now with Garrett. And to like, she, she probably thought like, if she's not the greatest player, she might thought like she looked like a God, like, thinking, Oh, the, like I had blockers and whatnot. When I like look how smart I am, like I could make it argue that she thought she was really smart by making that call. If she knew what the cards were. Uh, also, I mean, Steven given given us disease here. Look, if these guys could do 12 hour live streams, Lowell's could do a fucking 10 minute segment on this. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> She, she, what, what wasn't like you wouldn't you like never in any circumstances be in with that hand pre-flop like i can't remember right i mean if you're playing god then you can get away with doing whatever you want okay right? fair enough the the other thing playing it too again on the the skeptical cheating side you know you also have to think garrett has just a massive profile in this game like he is an institution in that game and his style of play is widely known he's hyper aggressive he's he's a bully in pots like don't you think her coaches and people are telling her like hey don't let this guy push you around he likes to try to get you off hands and she's saying to herself this is where i make a stand like i could see that rhetoric being you know tossing around in her head as well i think that is one of the biggest things that's being said like and especially like the female versus guy thing like the females getting ran over over and over and she like she makes a stand like you know, she's seen as weak, uh, you know, and I, I, I get that. Maybe she felt that way. Um, like kind of going the other way with Garrett, like it's like the opposite of what Ben was thinking. Like he is hundred percent, like he had a great gold mine in that hustlers thing. And like, I don't know how long he's got to take off and whatnot. And now he looks like the villain because he, he took the money. Like he, he ruined his great spot for at least a little while because he chose to make a stand here against the cheating. He could have definitely brushed that off and like, said something after the show and went on and I made a big deal out of it. it, it it's, it, it's crazy how, how it, it's just, it's just crazy how big the things turn into. It, that's actually a good point. What do you think? Because about him being uh, in that game, him getting invites, I assume to lots of juicy other private games, just as an action player, that's likable. I mean, obviously it's a, a lot of money, right? Six figures that in that hand, no, but I mean, but relative to his expected value it's of nothing. those other games, right? It's, it's, I think 130K is nothing for him. Like he, right. he has the best reputation ever. Like never cheated. has been the perfect. He'll say nice hand after everything. I think he is the big dog in these private games. I think he is the one who controls a lot of the invites. I think that's where her concern came from and why she gave some money up. Because I think she was concerned if she was on the wrong side of Garrett, she would never be invited to another a private game that Garrett was affiliated with, which is a lot of these games is what my understanding is. And I think that was a lot of her concern. Uh, but like, I'm not saying he threw away his reputation, but like he has a lot of people that are anti Garrett now, whereas before, like beyond him being like a crusher and whatnot, there was not a sin single thing you could say bad about him. But because he took that money from her, 
he's got a lot more enemies. And like anybody who's looking for a chance to, to take a dig at him found it. Wait, wait, wait. We could also, uh, he was one of the worst survivor, uh, contestants of all time too. So we, we are able to say bad things about Garrett even before this. <laughs> I didn't know he was on that show. He got voted out, um, right away. I think it was either the first or second episode and he just really misplayed a, a social angle there. And I can't even remember the particulars of it, but he just came in way too heavy. I think trying to out someone else. And then they're like, actually, buddy, we're sending you home. Um, Anyways. We, need more, we need more DFS guys on shows. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the, well, I don't know what the show was called, the pilot of uh, the Whistles Woo, that show. What, let's what, go. Let's go. Where did that go? Yeah. I don't know. Surprisingly, they haven't done any more. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. You got to go to season two. New cast. What about Rand- Randone? You're not going back and watching old episodes of The Bachelor? That's not doing it for oh, you, Teddy? Randone did not. I, I, you know, I've, I actually never watched The Bachelor. I watched one season because I had a buddy on it. But other than that, I've never watched The Bachelor once. Thank God. Um, let's see. I, I would I would do Survivor. I think that would be I think that would be fun. Dan Bach wants me to apply to Survivor, too. I think uh, I think you'd be good. At it. I, yeah, I applied to what's the, the wipeout show? The oh, really? I applied that in my poker days, and I got a call back about two years ago asking if I still wanted to be a part of it. And I just like absolutely not. I'm I'm too old for this now. I'm gonna hurt myself. What did you put as your profession, or like how did you present yourself in the application? I had a, it was again. It was like when I was 21, so I had to do something about poker. You know, okay. and it clearly it was not exciting enough back then. But somehow, in the last three years, I became more exciting, or maybe they ran out of people. Probably more more likely. Um, since we only have a little bit more time here, Brian, we do have to take a look at this highly controversial tout bracket. Mm. I, I just realized, Brian, initially I'll admit, I thought this was going to be a one-off tweet bit. I didn't realize you were going to commit to running the polls. And now it's seeing the, um, dare I say, uh, slow release of these polls. I, is this going to be like a two month thing, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> It's really milking it. It's like we're one down over like a week. Uh, It's a a year thing. Next year we'll have new talents and let's just redo it again. It was a one-off tweet that turned into me (laughs) milking it for bet equity. And uh, commit is a strong word. There's a strong possibility this may never end. I may may never release another one. Uh, there was some very funny replies in that one. Uh, uh, J-Mac uh, getting set up to say he doesn't know Siege was uh, was, was, was really good. good. Yeah. What is the metric? What are we, what are we voting on? I understand it's a tower. What, what are we voting on? Who's the best player? Who's the best tower? What, what's, what's any metric? Any metric you deem fit. There's no way Brian's going to define it for you. This is the brilliance of this bracket, the selection committee here. Yeah. So it's, like it's however genius. you want. So, like in the Osmo one, I'm gonna for me personally, I'm gonna decide on their MMA abilities. <laughs> their personal MMA or their DFS. That's MMA? my my personal metric for that matchup. I think like, you can do whatever you want. Isn't he an athlete? Is doesn't he play like tennis or something? Osmo, he's a. I think he's a, just more of a street fighter. Uh, I'm. I, I, I played basketball with Osmo before. I, I think if I think Leviton's. I think I think I like Leviton there. <laughs> I guess what I'm more confused about, I'm not confused at all by the metric of, of how you, you know, determine these. I mean, to me, it's fairly obvious. It's more like the inclusion of some people and the exclusion of others. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. it did seem like there were some quote unquote more relevant touts that mm-hmm. could have snuck in here over some of those of yesteryear. 
Yeah, well, there was a selection committee convened, and they want to remain anonymous. So I can't, I can't help you. There's, there's a lot of interesting little things in this bracket, by the way. Like, for example, <laughs> Giant Squid, everybody has like a three or two letter thing. Giant Squid has a saber space sim. <laughs> uh, that's genius. Um, and then and shit my buddy. Gets nothing. No sight. And then uh, Ethan Gate, I forgot about Ethan. Thanks for bringing me back to that. Ethan Gate on Team Ethan Gate. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you should have been Team DK. Um, yeah, but uh, that that brought me back. I, I, I honestly I, I forgot about that. I I put Candy on our team, Pete. I did notice that. Uh, is that your kind of way of inviting him on the show? <laughs> no, we should. Uh, I saw his. I don't follow him, so I went to look, and he's uh, he's hidden all his his tweets. Um, but I was going to say like, if we ever did a real tout wars, like I was going to say like, well, pet and Ricky D should be on lulls. Cause they don't have a tout team and they we come on the show them. all the time. Uh, and cause you know, they're going to have like, Austin going to have like, Stokast is going to have like four guys. ETR is going to have like four guys. If it ever really went down, like we need the same amount of guys. I will say, I feel like chess is okay in the spirit of this bracket, like really needs to be on this. That would have been a good one. Yeah. I forgot what was the site called? The one that he's a part of. Didn't he have a uh, a, a training site or something? Or yeah. Oh, I can't. He did. It was coaching? Maybe it's just coaching. coaching. Yeah, I think so. Just, yeah, just, we get some just chess coaching. Yeah. Also, leaving Blender out, uh, I think, was a misstep too, Brian. Um. Oh, I could have put him in. Yeah. So, so here's uh. Wait. I could've, mean, I'm sorry. The in. selection committee could have put yeah. him. In. I didn't pick this, but oh, I did hear some God. inside baseball. Uh. I wanted to do Squirrel Patrol for that, like the time everyone called him out for charging 195% big or whatever on his. <laughs> I, and I couldn't remember who was his biggest antagonist in that thread. So then I just put Siege question marks. <laughs> you should have put him for State Kings then, not Rotor Riders. And I, I, ran, I, ran out of, I ran out of uh slots. And I'm like, I'm not going to 32. I mean, the selection committee told me. This is what happened. Brian, you could have legit made a full 64 team bracket, but you got so excited for this bit that the selection committee rushed this out. They probably hey, might hey, run. New idea. <laughs> the whole bracket's not out yet. You released one side of the bracket. This is like oh, 16. God. This is one region. Good point. There's, there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I mean. What do you, do you think, so you put, or sorry, the selection committee pitted you against uh, Davis Maddock. You guys frequently appear on yeah. the take cast together. Well, what's the thought there with that eight, nine seed? You know, who knows what they were thinking, but um, I was, you know, could have been, you know, a little layup for old brick 75. Was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like, this is the accessibility. That's not very fair. <laughs> that, 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 the, the committee was very kind to you somehow. With with as much as chalk is hitting this year in DFS, I mean, I, I think we're headed toward a big T versus hoop final. Like, I just think it's it, we're just destined for it. Top two seeds, you know, the, those RPS guys, you know, they uh, they've been crushing. Do you yeah. think that maybe they, when they get to the championship, that they decide not even to compete against each other and they just let the clock tick out so they could dupe each other and in, in getting first, just go first? <laughs> I, I, I think, think that might to. be what happened. I yeah. think they'd be perfectly happy winning. And, you know, they might even give it to some of their followers to have them join them with this the 60-man train. Silva versus J-Mac is probably my favorite just of imagining, like, a shit-talking campaign for both of them in the lead-up of that matchup would just be absolute gold. 
it's two very different mindsets. JMac is like the more intuition based mindset, or Silva is 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 actually no, Silva is very intuitive. I was going to say, where yeah, are you no, going no, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> I, I thought ET, I'm thinking ETR in general. ETR in general is 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 not you know not really an intuitive site like like RPS where you get a, a playbook or whatever. Um, no, I take that back. It, that's a very weird matchup. So, so we do we do we have some breaking results here? Yeah, we got some live results on that one actually. Wow, are Man. all precincts reporting? It looks like they have. No, they're not. There's 22 hours left. Oh, I voted in this one already. Who did you? I, I, are you I took the underdog? To, you took the underdog. You took Jamie. Oh yeah. I mean, what was your metric? Just, well, my metric was on Sunday. Silva was digging through my old tweets to like one that I had making fun of Damian Pierce, and so I was pissed off at Silva and decided to, to vote for Jamie. You know what? I was thinking with Siege, he could have retweeted. He could have won that yesterday. If he would have just commented or said anything, but he took the L, he took the upset loss, and didn't didn't even care. Imagine if he would have had part of his crew, 30K plus Twitter follower crew that congregates at the Circus Swim Club, all weaponized their followers to vote. I mean, he would have ran away with it in a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I like that way of looking at things. Like if, if you have a big following and you're not winning first round, like you have a big following. So <laughs> So then we're going to have Silva. I assume shit my money is going to run away. I can't imagine Giant Squid being able to uh, to rock. Know. There's a lot of beep boop kind of robot kind of guys that might come out of the woodwork to help him out. Or maybe he builds a bot of Twitter guys that just oh, votes for himself. That could be scary. Brian, are you worried about the integrity of this bracket <laughs> essentially being solved by bots and sims? Holy shit. I did not think about that. That's, that could happen. This could, we're going to have to have a uh, chess.com investigate this one too. Oh my goodness. And then you build content for a month based on the cheating scandal. You, you got it made. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you thought of this more than people think, I believe. I Who mean, wins Candia Ethan Gate? I was it's just going to say, none of those guys are tweeting. It's got to be a landslide. Right? It's got to be Candia. Yeah. Candia. Because just the name Candia, he might go further than people think. That That's a sleeper right there. People see Candia, they love. Or do they hate the name Kandia because he was a bully back in the day? I think the two big ones are Osimo Levitan and Pete Hoop. Well, but Petty just said that Kandia is going to go on a run, so he clearly thinks the Pete Hoop side of this bracket is is weak. I could see a run. I could see a run. I think I could see a run. The 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 Pete Hoop one. I think Pete Hoop, Osimo Levitan are the ones that I'm most interested in seeing. Yeah, Osimo Levitan. I don't even know if you know some of these guys. Like you can, there's been times where you've seen them interact with each other. I don't know if I've ever seen Osimo and Levitan interact with each other. You saying there might be a beef there? I'm saying it could be highly combustible, this situation. Either they're just don't want to have anything to do with each other. I don't know. There's something there that feels like sparks could fly. I think it's it's very interesting. I don't know if the ETR guys are taking this serious enough. I haven't really heard much from them about, about this bracket and how important you- it is to win a tower. My thing with the matchup with Hoop is I feel like he has an advantage because he's been watching my content and knows a lot about me and I haven't watched a second of his. And so I feel like, you know, he's just going to be way more deceptive. He just has game planned way more than I have. I don't know about that because these RPS guys, I don't think anything is deceptive about them. I think they're very, uh, very loud. Uh, they, they love to explain the strategies to everybody. I think his strategy will come out if he's, if he's taking it seriously. Okay. And one no, of those shows. I, I, I'm going to say Pete wins because Hoop's going to be too cool for school. 
and now talk about it, mention it, retweet it, comment on it. And that gives Pete a huge edge because, I mean, obviously we do, we're do we doing content on it right now. Uh, I think Pete sails through there. County of Pete's going to be a matchup. Uh, probably, Pete, you probably win that one too. It looks like people love Silva. Silva ship, I don't know. It's I don't know about that one. I find that one interesting. The, I guess I maybe people just don't like J-Mac. might be look the other way, though. Didn't Condia – wasn't one of his – for some reason in my head, I just have this picture of Condia posting a selfie of him, like, shirtless. And when he was, like, going through, like, a fitness kick. Do you guys remember that? I do remember that, actually. I do, yes. No, I, and, I do. And I'm just worried, like, if he – I might have to – get into really good shape and just to compete on this because he's probably cornered a demographic that I don't have access to right now with Condi already having that photo out there. Uh, okay. It's something to consider. Uh, is this only I mean, if he out? does screenshot a Millie maker, then you're going to probably have to come back with something spicy. Oh no. I've, I've, I've been running basically ever since kind of like this Millie maker stuff, I've decided I've just been running like the cash optimal in the Millie maker, every showdown slate, just so I can get that title. Um, wow. of a Millie Maker winner. I, I tell you, as somebody who's won a Millie Maker NBA that was split so many ways, I can't even remember how many ways it split. It's not as exciting as it's been said recently. But do big Millie, it's not that exciting. I mean, I beg to differ, man. Winners are winners, bud. Uh, um, Brian, what can we maybe pick up the pace with the, this polling? Or are you going to milk this for about six months? Well, I kind of wanted to do the fun ones by themselves, but maybe, <laughs> okay. yeah, maybe I should pick up the pace. What, what should I do? How should I just do them all in one thread? Or should no, I? No, no. I, I didn't mean to influence you. I liked the uh, how slow this pace was. I think it's, it really enhances the bit. I'll try to get them all in before next show. How about that? Okay. Well, I that also, uh, no chance. There's no that, chance. Oh, come on. Maybe we can. I think what you need to do is expand the scope of the project and build out four different uh, regions. I like that idea. We'll see how good how this one goes. There's a lot of sites <laughs> out there. There's a lot of sites, but you put a lot of heavy hitters in one region is a problem. But if you if you brought Ethan Gate out of nowhere, you can you can put some guys from the grave back out there. No, what do they call it? It's, it's not Group of Death. That's World Cup. What do they call the the toughest region normally? Uh, is there a name for it? Uh, is it Group of Death? Um, no, you know. yeah, Group of Death is definitely World Cup. Yeah, there just you like go. The, all the dead all the dead towns in one region. <laughs> I like that idea. You know what I will say, Brian, I think you have a little bit of a runway because Ricky D, uh, you know, I don't want to oversell it, but he promised dropping some bombs next week. So maybe that will buy you at least another couple weeks of relevance of this tout bracket. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, um, no. We need we need big stuff from Ricky D after the, the Ben show. <laughs> Any more. Yeah. If you need someone to instigate, let me know. It, it sounds like Ricky D is ready to instigate. So uh, you guys can look forward to that next week. Petty people early on clamoring for more Twitch streams. Any, anything else uh, coming from you on your end? You know, I thought about doing a basketball site this year because everybody, that's the thing is making your own tout site. But I don't, I don't think there's enough interest to make it worth it for me. That's why you didn't up, end up on the tout bracket. If you would have committed to making the tout site, Brian would have worked you in to his top 64. Where, where would I have been? Well, oh, well, you don't. Well, you're not a tout, so I, I don't know where yeah, I can fair. put you. Good point. I would have. I would have tried. I, I mean, I don't pick these things, but the selection committee probably would have put you uh, wherever was the funniest that he could think of uh, scenario. <laughs> so I don't know what that would have been. But uh, like, if who do you have a beef with? Do 
you have a beef with anyone? I got, I got a lot of beefs. Kalish, do we do Kalish versus? Oh, me and oh, Kalish. Kalish. That would, <laughs> oh, that would that would be an interesting one. Oh yeah, why yeah. even DFS player? I'm gonna throw in that this rope, this Roby Pokemon. That would be smart because you know I would post about it on my Twitter, and then I would tag Kalish, and he might post on the DraftKings Twitter. Hey, vote for me. You might get oh, a whole yeah. DraftKings on your side. Next bracket's not gonna be all DFS players. That's that. That's you that's need to expand. Idea. You need to expand your reach. Yeah. This is this is gonna be big. Uh Brian, anything else uh on your radar here before we power this down? No, I don't think so. Uh updated the uh the app a little bit. There's like uh you could overlay like ETRs projections right on DraftKings props. There so that's you go. pretty cool. If you ETR sub and you, you could put anyone else's on there too if you want. Yeah, well, you are going to have to pick your side in this uh, tribalistic uh, economy of the DFS world now. So it's true. Pick, pick, choose your fighter. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, come hang out in the uh, the Lulz channel in the Discord, a very fun place in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. I have that link down below. Thank you to Petty Theft for swinging by. Ricky D dropping bombs next week. We'll see you then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.